I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Celtics Pod with me, your boy, Adam Taylor. As usual, I'm joined by my homie, my compadre, my co-host in crime, Mr. Will Weir. What's popping, Will? What's going on, Taylor gang? Good to be back with you, my guy. Oh, dude, man, it's a, it's a Wednesday night. I'm looking outside. We've had some rain. I'm no longer melting. Got my <laughs> ambient lighting set up. I'm in a good mood. Got the schedule. Feeling hype. Some actual basketball. Is I was going to say, far. we have actual non-fake Kevin Durant news to talk about, even though I know we just talked about we're going to hit on Kevin Durant in a minute, but we actually have content outside of any type of, you know, fake Kevin Durant news. That in itself makes us a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Do you remember that song? Is that you two? This is, we've gotten into these type of conversations before where we're both a little bit unsure. I know the reference. I just am not positive on the band. I just remember it from a game. I think it's you two. It's not Bono. I think it is too. I feel like... Movie. Not I do. Bono. But do you remember, uh, I think it was one of the iPhone releases and they just made you take like... Uh, they made they put YouTube's album on everybody's. I don't know if it was an iPhone or iPod back in the day, but they just put it on everybody. So you had to have the YouTube album, which is somewhat ingenious, but also kind of annoying. So, so I don't know for some reason that I, that's what it feels like, right? It didn't feel right, but I think that maybe that's the only time reason that that that, that is the only time it's ever happened. That's a violation. That's like going into a bar and everybody has to drink, aren't they? Like a Bud Light. Yeah, this is the the Bud Light only bar, but it doesn't advertise that up front. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I'd be so angry. Do you guys have Pims there? No, but I love me some Pims, dude. I had no idea about Pims. And the last, I think it was the last time, no, two times ago when I was in England, uh, I went out to uh, the Ascot races. Yeah. Uh, And so that's basically like, for those of you listening, that's basically like the Kentucky Derby, but in England. And uh, it was pretty dope. I saw the queen. The queen came by. Uh, I'm not a big gambler, but I did win a random horse that I put money on. I won and I was pumped. But some Pims, Pims and Cola is kind of the combo, right? Yeah, it's like usually like pin pims and cucumbers, usually like the main. Oh, there's a there was a couple different ones, but I tell you what, man, I had a good time at those Ascot races, and the pims were hitting. So I hate pims. Like, um, it was delicious. It was it was definitely not what I usually the type of drink that I would usually go for. It's a little sweet, but uh, for it being something I was unfamiliar with, and it being a very local thing to drink, I was I was very much about it for that day. Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's upper class. The <laughs> I was trying to fake it that day anyway. So you gotta fake it till you make it, bro. I tell you what, as well, you've seen the queen more than me. Really? Really? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I? very close, and she was she was pretty frail and old, but she's it felt like she's pretty frail and old for for quite a while now. Yeah, I, I ain't never seen the queen. I ain't fitting to see the queen. Couldn't care if I never see the queen. Not a problem. I didn't even know she was gonna be there. That was like kind of like yeah, a, a she's last at all those races because you've got Ascot and you've got another one as well, Cheltenham. Those are the two big ones. Mm. And well, uh it's funny talk about like you know it being like upper class and fancy and actually uh, our other co-host greg was with me and the night before and our buddy we, we were out there visiting one of our best friends little brothers was out there on an internship and so we kind of built a trip around going to see him and him and a bunch of his friends sent us a link like hey we want to go to this thing like you guys should get tickets come with us we we're like all right whatever like didn't really look into it too much did not do the proper research knew it was like somewhat fancy 
So Brock closed with us, but they have like very, very strict rules on what you have to wear, what you can wear, what you cannot wear. So the night before, we're trying to get all of our outfits set up and realize me and Greg packed literally 50% of what we needed. So the next morning, we're on a train that's going out to wherever the Ascot races are held at like 10 a.m. And we're running around the city of London trying to find a tailor shop, a suit shop that's open so that we can go and buy basically all everything that you would need for a suit the morning of. Luckily, we made it work, but there was also a line of 20 people outside who are all doing the same thing, trying to get all of the proper assets for, for what was required to, to make it to this thing. So just by the skin of our teeth, were we able to find the, the right clothes to even fake our way through this day with the queen? Yeah, that sounds like it's wild though, man. In a country you don't know, searching for shirts, searching for all this stuff, just to go and see some horse racing. It's my favorite suit jacket to this day, so I, I've made yeah. it worth its while. Yeah. So I remember, and that we'll go on to basketball after this, and we'll lead in with it. <laughs> I remember when I, I was going to a wedding abroad, and I was part of the wedding party, and uh, my buddies, my literally three days before we flew. My buddy hit me up and he was like, and I, just, I didn't know I was part of the wedding party until this phone call. And he's like, uh, hey, dude, you know you're an usher at the wedding, right? I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, dude, you're an usher at the wedding. So uh, you need to get a charcoal gray suit. I'm going to send you the, t- like, the color that you need. So like, all I've got to go on is a picture. Mm-hmm. He's like, it needs to be like, you need to be able to see the fabric in a straight line down. Like, like real detailed of, like, your suit needs... Everyone else has got matching suits. We couldn't get you one, so you need to go and try and figure this stuff out. And I've got three days into the fly. I'm dead broke because all my money has been converted into the foreign currency. So I've got... Man, yeah. And I, I ended up waiting until I got to where I was going and then trying to find it there and being like, yo, you can come with me because you know what I'm looking for. But, man, I wasn't very pleased about that. So I can f- I feel your pain. Like, it's, it's, it's exciting, yeah, but at the same time, you're like, dude, I'm trying to relax right now. I'm on yeah. vacation. I want to be running around. The thing is, and this is kind of a fair point as well, the Celtics have been relaxing. They've been on vacation. Grant Williams has been... Do you know how annoyed I am that so many NBA players have been in London? and I They've in- been all over the place. They've been at Travis Scott concerts. <sighs> They've been working out. They've been at... Uh, I know Grant was... I can't remember what yeah, team Chelsea he was visiting. Game. But yeah, there's a bunch of guys that have been visiting different different football clubs over there. It seems to be the hot spot this offseason. And not one DM. <laughs> not one DM. No one messaged me. Hey, Ad, I'm coming over to London... How far away were you? Let's jam. No one, not one player. Do you know how insulted I am? Like, dude, I've spoke about you guys all year, multiple years in a row. You can't hit a man up. <laughs> I, I would have liked to have gone. I would have come down. You to could have gone and had a pint with Grant Williams. That would have been great. Yeah. yeah I think we, you know, we could have played some card games. You can play some Catan. Uh, you know, no, no invitation to the Kevin Durant Joe Sai interview. No one man. <laughs> like, come on, bro, man. I, it's got to be some give and take. I know they got to They got to. They got to know who you are when they come into your area. I just like to imagine that we're friends, and obviously we're not. And I understand that. That as a joke, it's nice to imagine so. But man, just one DM, like, yo, we know you're in the UK. Where you at? You know, it would have made my year. It didn't happen. So I'm a bit. I'm. I'm holding a grudge right now. I'm not gonna lie. If any players or media listen to this, then uh, you can tweet at me and apologize, and I will accept the apology. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we're happy is guys like Grant, guys like JT, guys like JB, 
everyone's slowly starting to make their way back to the States. They're starting to go back to the best place, the United States. And with that means that training camp is around the corner. And with that means the new season is right around the corner. And you know it's right around the corner because what did we have today, Will? Schedule drop, baby. We've got the entire Celtics schedule ready to go. And I do think it's really interesting leading up to the schedule release, which we're recording about an hour after the the schedule, the full schedule drop. But it's it's so weird the way NBA news works these days between Woj and Shams and all these little like slow leaks that keep coming out. And it, it's like, what's the point of this? Why why are we holding this back for for Woj and Shams having just here's Christmas? Here's opening day. Here's a couple of random dates mixed in. And then we just drop the whole thing. Like it's the damn schedule. Why don't we just drop it all at one time here? Like what, what, what are we, what are we for doing real. for? I mean, I guess it's just that, that dead in this part of the summer right now, because teams are mostly set unless something happens with Donovan Mitchell or Katie. So I, I guess maybe it's a little bit of filler, but uh, the full thing's out. We can talk about it all now. Opening game, the 76ers. I feel like that's fine. Like, you know, Philly have improved a bunch this offseason. And look, just to premise this, the schedule came out an hour ago. We haven't had time to fully sit here and break down which stretches are going to be the worst and which stretches are going to be the toughest. Like, we're like, literally, I saw it 15 minutes before we started recording. So you're getting our initial reaction. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the full and analytical reaction because we wanted to get you this out because we haven't released one since Monday. So, you know, it is what it is. But look, Philly, to me, it's a good test. It's a good first game. Both teams are going to be out of shape. There's going to be a little bit... It's, you know how basketball is at the start of the season. It's sloppy. For sure. It, it's, definitely, it's, it's going to be an imperfect game. But one thing... so. <sighs> And, and I've seen this in a few different places. And I don't think Philly, Philly definitely had a, had a, had a solid off season, you know, adding PJ Tucker and adding D'Anthony Melton, who I know you're very high on, but I've been a little surprised at people giving them such high marks. Cause to me, I'd look at that Philly team and it's, it's obviously slightly better with D'Anthony Melton and with, and with PJ Tucker. But at the end of the day, it, it only thing to me that matters is what, what Harden are you getting? Because if you get the same Harden you got last year, I don't think those moves do do a whole lot to take them from where they were to the next step. Now, those moves plus James Harden being the James Harden that initially got to Brooklyn, what, two years ago now? If you get that James Harden, now that's a different story. But to me, all of Philly just comes down to is is what version of James Harden you're getting. So I don't know. I, I like I, I think Philly is going to be in that the way I handicap the East right now. I think it's Milwaukee and Boston as kind of the the top two, and then I have Philly and Miami right in that you know three three to four range. And for Philly to really propel themselves into into a serious contender, in my opinion, it, it all just comes down to that. But is there a reason outside of those couple of moves that that puts you? you know, a little bit higher on Philly probably than, than I am and what they've done this off season. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's more, you've added defense, you've added perimeter defense, you've added wing defense, but the defense. So Philly's biggest issue for me last season was you had guys that were a bunch of guys that were single skill guys, you know, shake Milton's a single skill guy. Matisse Feibel is a single skill guy. We can go down the list. It's not a Sixers podcast. They can go down that list for us. But what I'm getting at is now, You've basically said, well, PJ Tucker's free and D. We've got PJ Tucker now. The Anthony Melton can create off the dribble. He can attack the rim. He can shoot the free a little bit. But he's also among the better point of attack defenders. Now we have that. 
so just you've added spacing without sacrificing defense as you said you, you know a lot relies on how how good is james harden going to be now i think that if you look at his impact across the metrics where it comes like he can cre- his shot creation is really good his shot creation quality is good pass quality is good can hit the shots he just what his consistency fell off he kept the volume without the consistency and now if he can come back and be you know james harden at 75% of what we saw in houston for me, they were a problem. They're, yeah, they're a for sure. And, and this is why I like it being the opening game, right? Because yeah. everybody's going to be a little bit off their game. It's going to be a dogfight. And that's the way you're going to see. To me, the opening few games of a season can tell you a lot about what the playoffs are going to look like because the spacing isn't sorted out, because you have to rely on physicality and stuff more to win because people aren't in their groove. No one's in rhythm. No one's on form or... You know, so sometimes I like to look at the early games and be like, man, if the team doesn't evolve, this is pretty much what you're going to see come postseason. And I think that Philly, I don't know what evolutions they've got because you can say what you want about Doc Rivers, but when it comes to evolving game plans and stuff like that, that's not his strong suit. Mm-hmm. The Philly you see on day one is probably the Philly you see on day 80, like game 82. Yeah, it's a good baseline for a lot of the teams as we saw last year with the Celtics, right? We saw what they look like that first 40 to 45% of the season and then how dramatically that took shape the last, you know, uh, 50% or so or whatever that that comes out to. And, you know, it, it does set a nice baseline, especially when you have a test of, like I said, there are teams that I consider to be in the top three to four. Because usually when you come into a season, there's about three or four teams that have a chance of realistically coming out of each conference. Celtics and Philly are going to be two of those teams that are in that mix. So I think that's a, you know, that's a great test. And then, you know, and this is one of the other games that was leaked by, you know, the Woj Shams competition of who can get what source, you know, Celtics are going to be back on Christmas day. And Adam, I'm curious, because I love Christmas day basketball, obviously, you know, being here uh, in the U S it lines up that from basically noon or 11 o'clock central, you know, when I'm out here in Austin, Texas versus the East coast through 1030 at night, it is just basketball one after another, and it's all of the best players in the world. You get Embiid, you go into Giannis and Tatum, you got LeBron and Luka, you've got, you know, uh, Steph Curry and John Moran, the list goes on and on. What is that day like for you? Because that is really the day that the NBA has chosen to to put its mark on, much like the NFL dominates Thanksgiving. Although this year there'll be some crossover, which makes it for a crazy sports day. But typically it's Thanksgiving is reserved for the NFL. Christmas is Christmas Day is reserved for the NBA. What's that experience like for you? Yeah, so it's. I mean, I love Christmas Day basketball. If you ask my family, they're not very pleased about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little bit tougher. Let's be fair, because by the time games start tipping off, like we've done the presents, we've done the Christmas dinner. You know, we're probably going out to a family's house for like um, a get together, some drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what usually happens is I turn up with a laptop or a tablet. I have a drink with everybody. And then for the rest of the night, I'm sitting in a corner somewhere with my headphones on, watching games with a notepad, trying to figure out different team schemes because it's going to come in handy later down the line where the Celtics play them. And I treat it like it's like a mecca to me. But at the same time, I do understand that it's a little bit unfair when the kids want, like the kid wants to play, or, mm-hmm. you know. But at this point, I've been doing this now. I've been treating it like a job for four or five years, maybe longer. Yeah. Like it's part and parcel. But yeah, it is a bit tougher because games start tipping off around that 6 p.m., 5 p.m. mark. And then it's like, yo, 
Christmas Day is done. Everybody's kind of in that party mood. Like, you know, you want to go, uh, we usually go over to my wife's family. Everyone, like, it's a big get together. Everyone's drinking. As soon as they turn the music on, I'm annoyed because I'm like, yo, I can't hear the comments. <laughs> trying to concentrate. Over I can't there. hear Mike Breen. Come on, guys. Yes, what else says Christmas than Mike Breen dropping a bang on a Jason Tatum three? You know what I'm saying? Or you'll see, like, they'll put on some of the old school Christmas NBA adverts, you know, the one like with, yeah. the, with the metal chains and stuff. And I'm not doing, I'm trying to listen to an advert. So a million times turn the music down so uh it can get tough but uh I, I love it i look forward to the christmas day slate to be honest yeah and this year it might work out so the celtics have the 5 p.m game which is the middle of the five games so that might work out for you maybe that it's a little bit past you know bedtime and everybody else is kind of winding down so maybe that will be a, a hopefully a nice christmas reward for you adam uh, a few other things that I noticed with the schedule, just like some of the high-level stuff, Celtics have 13 back-to-backs and are on national TV 25 times. Now, that doesn't count NBA TV because I think I think if you count NBA TV as you know national TV, it's kind of a, it's, that, 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 that's kind of misleading, which I know sometimes people do because technically that counts. But taking those out, they're on national TV 25 games. So if you just think about that, you know more than a quarter of the Celtics games are going to be, or roughly about a quarter of the Celtics games are going to be on national TV. I mean, that just shows you how much of a demand there is for this team coming off the finals run. Yeah. I mean, it, how can I put it? It's well-deserved. Like they've earned Mm -hmm. that national attention. They're all, it's also part and parcel of playing for one of the biggest franchises and one of the most successful franchises in the history of the league. But the downside to that is, you have a bunch more people watching the Celtics that are cheering for them to lose. So, uh, you know, there's always an up and down side. I think it's and interesting. He- heavy is the head that wears the crown, Adam. We've you said that I'm before. Saying? When you're at the top, people are going to come for you. People are going to come for you, man. And I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of teams biting at the heels right now to uh, to get to where the Celtics are. And I think Christmas Day, especially with all of the, the rhetoric between Milwaukee fan base and the Celtics fan base about, hey, we had Chris Middleton, we would have done you in four, blah, blah, blah. Christmas Day is the best time to let's see. Let's see then. We've both had two months to really figure our stuff out. Both teams should be rolling by that point. Touch wood, everybody on both sides of the coin are healthy. See what you which, which never happens, which is the funniest nah. thing about the NBA release, right? The schedule release is just that, we, you know, we, we could get into, I can't wait for this and that matchup. And then most, most times each side is either missing one or multiple guys. Cause that's just the way it goes with the NBA season. It's part of what makes this NBA schedule drop. So funny to talk about. And that's what makes depth so important, right? Like everybody's exactly. like, hey, you need multiple stars to win an NBA championship. Yeah, you do. But you also need some serious depth, man, because when you're over-reliant on those stars and they get hurt, you end up looking like the Lakers did last season and things just don't go well. So, and yes, that was a shot at the Lakers because this is a <laughs> selfish podcast and we are meant to take shots at the Lakers. That's what we do over here. Uh, not very often, but we do do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm cool. With it. I like the fact it's Milwaukee on Christmas Day, 25 home um, national TV games. I'm completely fine with. Now I know you pointed this out to me, and I was kind of looking at it also, like with my jaw kind of a little bit slack. But that early December West Coast swing looks mm-hmm. to be quite problematic. I mean, let's be fair. The league was like, right, we're gonna, we're really going to mess you over between December 7th and December 13th. You're going to go Phoenix on the 7th. Golden State on the 10th, the Clippers on the 12th, 
a back-to-back. So you've got the Lakers on the 13th. You knew that was going to happen. It happened last season as well. But to make up for it when you get back, just have a back-to-back. Well, just have a, the magic twice in two days. Like You're going to be fine. <laughs> like, you got the magic. You know, that's a rest. It's a scheduled victory. Well, that that whole stretch, Adams, is just it, it's one of the you know few things that I, you can parse out from from the schedule drop is any like interesting schedule quirks. And to me, this was one that that kind of stood out. And it's from the end of November through the first week of January. You have a six game homestand that starts on November twenty third against the Mavericks, goes all the way till December second against the Heat. Then you mentioned there's a six game road trip with that four game brutal stretch against the Suns, Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers back to back. And then, like you said, they get rewarded with two home games back to back against the magic but not just that they have seven straight games at home after that followed by four more out west against the nuggets thunder mavs and and wrap up against san antonio so that itself is just is just going to be one of those interesting stretches where it's going to go back and forth a few times from feeling like do the Celtics ever play games not at the TD Garden to when are the Celtics going to ever play a home game to back to I don't think the Celtics ever leave the TD Garden. So just an interesting little schedule quirk, at least that I picked up from the, or our initial looking at this uh, of just the way that grouping works out for about that that month and a half set, uh, part of the schedule. I mean, you got to look at it from other nature, man. If you can play more home games in a stretch, then great. You haven't got as much traveling, less pollution, obviously. I'm just saying. Look at that. It's a beautiful way to think about it, Adam. I like that. I, know. I try I try to uh, especially my, right I, now as all these celebrities are getting in trouble for using their private jets. You're you're taking that, you know, that that green approach to the NBA schedule. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, we are I am sitting in green ambiance. <laughs> I was listening to Dr. Green from earlier. So like, you know, it all uh, Who's Dr. Green? Nah, it's a Cypress Hill song, Dr. Green. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Dr. Green thumb. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. I, I, uh, so you know, maybe I was just on that green renewable energy type of vibe right now. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, uh, let, well, let me ask you this, Adam, and let's uh, you know, let, let's get a little ungreen for a second here. You get to travel, so we know. Obviously, we we want to make it work out where me, you, and Gregor are in the building for for a game in Boston. But let's let's take that away for a minute. Looking at this schedule and using this year, so you can pick any road game that's out there. If you had one particular road game that you were you were really keen to try to get to, what would it be? Right. So the reason I'm going to premise this with an explanation. So the, re- the reason I've chose this game is because my daughter basically decided she wanted to be a little bit rebellious. So she went out, got herself a little Lakers t-shirt, told me she's a Lakers fan. Right. And so, and I know she's joking. She doesn't mean it. The Celtics play the Clippers on her birthday. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, right, I know you're lying to me saying you're a Lakers fan, but if I could go to any game, I'd take you to the Clippers on December 12th. So you're forced to watch the Celtics play and you're watching the Lakers' biggest rivals in the <laughs> <laughs> You're You're so close, but yet so far away is kind yeah. of the, the torture of that, right? Yeah, so like that to me, and happy birthday, by the way, because you're getting yeah. nothing else, because I've just took you to LA. Yeah, you're so, going to LA, so at the end of the day, it ain't bad. It ain't, it, it's, it, it's a little bit, you know, uh, giving her a little bit of a, you know, uh, a little bit of wrinkle to her plans as far as, you know, trying to cheer on the Lakers, but she gets to go to crypto.com <laughs> crypto.com <laughs> arena, which still sounds stupid. Uh, she gets to go there, but it's for that Clippers instead of the Lakers game. I like that choice though. I, I do think for me, a Lakers Celtics game is still something I have not been to. So that is always something that that is on my bucket list to, to make sure I get done. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the ticket prices are the problem there, right? 
Like oh, I need for sure. to, I need to have media passes if I'm going into a game like that because my bank account cannot sustain. Uh, I think as well, just for for me personally, I'm trying to go to Miami, dude. I'm fitting to be. I'm fitting to spend a weekend to four days on South Beach, learning about Miami. You know, so anytime they're away, playing down in Miami, mm-hmm. like I don't mind being there. Like that, that that feels like it's. It's a job worth doing. Do you know what I'm <laughs> if it has to be done, I guess I'll go to South Beach and cover the Celtics. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Miami is one of the few. Uh, like I've been to Florida a bunch, but I've actually never been to Miami. And it's, I don't know, I always get weird reports about Miami because it, number one, it looks beautiful. Every time that you, you know, you're watching anything about Miami, it just, it, it looks gorgeous. But, I do feel like I always get mixed reviews about whether or not it would be the speed that that I'm kind of into. And I love the beach. You know, I don't mind going to a club here or there. I'm more of like, let's just go to a bar and be able to talk than I am that's like nice. loud club with the bottles and, and all that crap. Like that, that's that's not that's not really my speed. If we must, we must, and I'll make it work. But you know, so you know, Miami is is one of these places that I've, I feel like I've heard in different pockets. It's overrated. It's overpriced. It's all about, you know, the appearances more than it is about any substance. But then in other areas, it's like, man, the food's amazing. If you find the right places to go, you know where you're trying to be within Miami. It's absolutely beautiful. And like, you know, the people are beautiful. The food's awesome. There's a lot to do. So it, I think it's something at some point I got to I got to go with somebody who knows where I'm supposed to be and go check out Miami. So that's, that's on my list as well. Oh man, for sure. I mean, a lot of, I know, not a lot. I know a couple of English people that have been to Miami and they've come back to me like, yo, it's ghetto in Miami, dude. Like it's a little bit rough. I mean, that's part of it too, right? That, 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 that is, that is part of the Miami-ness of it all. But then I'm like, yo, that's, that's what, like, to me, that's what gives a city or or like a a town or a city its vibrancy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. It, it needs that edge, that kind of not like that kind of little bit of a. It's the a, heart, basically, right? Yeah, that, it, that's where most of the residents that are from actual Miami, they probably came from that area. Yeah, you know what I and mean? then you know that's where the best street food is. It's where the best mm-hmm. music is. It's where the best vibes are. Like I'm cool with that. Plus, what's go to an English person? I remember someone telling me when we was in um, LA, like, "Yo, don't go to Venice Beach. Venice Beach is ghetto." Venice Beach was my favorite place during the entire trip. <laughs> Loved every second of being there. If I went back, that would be the first place I went to. So I'm cool with that. But yeah, I'm completely down, man. I need to I need to hit Miami. And if I have to do it for work purposes, then uh, you know, I'll suck it up. You know what another one is that, you know, and, and I'm located out here in Austin, Texas, as we've we've talked about before. So selfishly, I always look to when, when is the Spurs game because that's yeah. about that's about it's about an hour and a half drive away and it's on Saturday, so that's perfect. So I know I'm gonna go hit that up uh when that comes around. But then I was just kind of thinking, like, what are some other like easy flights? So, you know, they play New Orleans on a Friday night. God, I've God. already looked up some 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 prices for flights on that. Technically, I could drive it. It's about eight hours, but I don't know. That's just that's just a lot of driving within, you know, two for a quick trip. So I don't know. I think that's one that that I'm I'm looking at personally, especially because it's early in the season. So it's November 18th. 
And, you know, that's, uh, you know, you, you always got to wonder about Zion's availability when you're committing to go to a Pelicans game. So I figure, you know, early in the season, when it looks like he's going to be available from the start this year while he missed all of last year, you know, that could be a, a good game to go check out. And that could be, you know, I think the Pelicans are one of those up and coming teams. We've talked about them a few episodes ago in those Kevin Durant rumors where if they really want to put together a package, they probably could. <laughs> so they're just one of those interesting young teams that are kind of on the rise. And I find Zion fast. Fascinating. So I think that's one of the games that that personally I'm going to look at. I don't know if I'll make it there, but if I do, I'll make sure I report back on here. I'm literally looking at flights to New Orleans right now for that game. Bear with me. There are no flights that match your search. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going. So do you, do you fly out of Birmingham or you fly out of London? London. London. I, just, I mean, I just figured there's a few yeah. more flights. So, Birmingham's a big city too, so yeah, I know like, they definitely have some flights. Not transit, like... Birmingham's really good for flying around Europe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Spain, Italy, Portugal, Germany, anywhere like that, you can fly out of Birmingham, no problem. If you want those transatlantics uh, and you want to fly with a good, reputable airline with nice big planes that, you know, somewhat went mm-hmm. wrong, there's an upstairs you can run to. Um, <laughs> you, you're flying out of London, dude. You're not getting away. From okay, me. okay. And that's far from me. That's like four hours, three and a half, four hours away. So it's, it's a it's a whole thing. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that that's probably the case. But yeah, getting from London to New Orleans, uh, it, New Orleans doesn't have a very big airport, so I, I could see that there's probably no direct flight. So you probably have to make a, at least one, if not two stops along your way to get there. Yeah, and like crossovers are not my thing, dude. I'd rather land oh, somewhere. Dude. That's the so any of you listening that are younger, I know that I used to do this where I was all about whatever the cheapest way to get from point A to point B is what I was going for. I don't care if there's one stop or two stops, whatever, I'll just do it. Trust me, take this advice right now. Pay the extra money. It is not worth it to do all of those stops nonstop. I was just like, I was looking for some flights earlier. I immediately go to nonstop only. I am not dealing with those layovers. It is nonstop all the way unless it is, unless there is absolutely no way to avoid it. And I'll tell you what, if there is stops and like, so if I land, I know, say I land in, in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the closest I'm going to get to New Orleans without a second plane. I'm driving the rest of the way. Yeah. You can you know I mean? do that. Like for, for straight up, because one, I'm not really a big fan of being in the sky. <laughs> so like you know if the more i can minimize that the better mm-hmm. and two i'm not really a big fan of being in the sky so i'm gonna drive that's one and two they're the same points yeah i'm not doing it dude not do, like no no the sky is not we're not meant to be in the sky <laughs> i mean aviation itself that's a that's, that's a whole other topic for us to go down <laughs> and I, I, flights, <laughs> I don't enjoy them <laughs> but okay so with that so i know so we pretty much have hit the schedule like i said there's not much more that we can really get into because it's who knows what everyone's health is going to be at a certain point so i think we've hit most of the high notes but i know we said the top we're gonna try and do a little bit less kevin durant talk but we do gotta do a little kevin durant talk because i did see the other day adam you've officially changed your position on the kevin durant situation correct where did you see this believe I saw it on uh, an Instagram labeled at Adam Taylor MBA. This is correct. a YouTube show. You did see this on Instagram. Instagram only content people. We're talking <laughs> content you cannot get anywhere else. Why are you not following me? 
But yes, you did see it on Instagram. Uh, Tell me about your change in stance. Yeah, so it's not so much a change in stance, just kind of like a, what it is, obviously, but it's it's more for the, yo, you, you've turned around, you've said, you've basically put them to ransom now, like it's me or the GM and the coach. Like, you know, I think one of the points I made on that reel on Instagram was very much... So if the Celtics don't win this year, right? Emei Odoka and Brad, Brad Stevens are going to get told they need to go. Is Kevin Durant going to come in and be like, Brad, you've only done this for two years. I need someone with more experience. You either go or I'm going to request out. Ime, I know we've got a relationship, but you know, I didn't care that I had a relationship with Steve Nash. I want this coach. You got the bounce. So you've got that kind of dark cloud coming over if a trade was to happen. Then you've got all the, the Kevin Durant... And fan base stuff, like if you see some of the stuff he's been saying to people online, like, oh, you think you deserve information because you pay for League Pass and stuff, like, bro, League Pass is a huge part of the NBA's revenue stream. Like, why are you going at going at people for spending their money for League Pass to watch you play, for them not to want to make sure that you're on the team that they're paying to watch play? You know what I mean? Like, and then I saw someone say, like, oh, are you going to still be with Brooklyn because I, I'm not going to buy a jersey if you're going to leave? He's like, started calling the dude little dude or little guy. I'm like, nah. do you know what? Your personality doesn't really mesh with my vibe of what a sports player should be because I get it. The media's attention's like relentless, but at the same time, the people you're interacting with are the same people who are buying your merch, the same people sharing your highlights, the same people paying for tickets to go watch you play. So I just don't like that mentality. And I think that if you bring that into the locker room, you know, there's a chance of it being um, fractious. It could start causing friction everywhere. The talent's there, but the personality I don't think fits very well. And I think it just puts a lot of pressure on the front office and coaching staff because they would have had to give up so much to bring him in. And if it doesn't work, it's them that are going to lose when they've been working their butts off to build something over the last few years. Yeah, I think those are all fair points. And, you know, this was never going to be pretty. I think once this situation extended itself beyond, I think the day that DeAndre Ayton signed that, you know, um, free agency deal with the Pacers that then was matched by the Suns, and that kind of took them out of the running, this was going to be a elongated process that was going to have it ups and downs. It was going to play out in the media just the way that it kind of has. You've seen a lot of these jabs. So for me, like it's, you know, I, I don't think anything points to see, this is the guy that I want. There's nothing that you can point to that's reassuring, but I also am not entirely surprised the way that, that this has played out. And I kind of expect it to at least up until we get to training camp or right around the start of the season in, in mid-October. Because as I said last that last episode, you know, it's a game of chicken at this point. Like, is Kevin Durant actually going to hold out? Because if he does, then I think Josai and, you know, the Brooklyn Nets front office has to look at, okay, what are the realistic best offers that, that we can get? We can't, you know, play this BS positioning game of, hey, we need five picks and you're three best players. Like, you know, they have to kind of come to, to terms with it. And, you know, the way that, it's all played out. It's like I said, it's just, it's, it's, it's messy. No one feels good about it, but at the end of the day, a lot, there's a lot of other scenarios where this same thing has happened. People didn't really like the way Kawhi Leonard situation played out in San Antonio. He ends up in Toronto. They end up with a championship. You know, people didn't like the way Anthony Davis in new Orleans ended up, he ended up in Los Angeles. They ended up with a championship. So, you know, it's, it, these situations have a way of, 
even though they don't feel great, sometimes they end up working out. And I know you can also make the case that those situations, despite the championships, didn't work out for the best in the long run. But for me, I don't know. I just I just feel like it. this is kind of what I expected. It doesn't feel great. I don't think trading Jalen Brown at any point has ever felt great for Kevin Durant. And it will continue to not feel that way. But for me, until we start to actually tip off the season... You know, I think it's going to be in play. And then once the season starts, then I think I'd probably switch my stance into let's just focus on the season. If we can't get it done before the season, let's just move on. Because it's not necessarily a move the Celtics have to make, which is the key point. So my line in the sand is training camp. Yeah, I'm about, yeah, around that time. Yeah, I'm like, by the time you go into training camp and he may starting to implement whatever caveats he wants to add to this, to the, to the scheme or, you know, whatever slight alterations, maybe when he starts trying to implement that, especially with the new guys that weren't there in that system last season. So you're just building on top of the Mm -hmm. stuff that's already in place. I don't want somebody coming in, especially at a superstar level that's going to command ridiculous amounts of touches and having to learn bit by bit at the start of the season. I get that it's Kevin Durant and, you know, his presence there kind of negates having to learn that system because he's Kevin Durant. But at the same time, I'd much rather that fluidity and continuity. So my line in the sand is once training camp is underway, if Kevin Durant is not on the roster, Kevin Durant is not a Celtic. Yeah, for for me, it's less about the X's and O's and more just the distraction part of it. Because I think with Kevin Durant and with his, you know, you just saw he's working out with Jason Tatum right now, you know, from I think they're both at Draymond's wedding. And so, you know, he has a relationship with with Tatum, with Doka. Like, I think all of that will work itself out. We saw Derek White come in, take a take a, you know couple of weeks for him to figure out where you know his place was and then he, he flourished you know up until the end of the season he, he flourished in, in his role as that accentuator so I think Kevin Durant even though it's on a larger scale would figure that out relatively quickly there'd be some bumps along the way but I, I think it would get there I think for me that training camp you know regular season tip off is just at that point you have a championship caliber team. You have a team that finished two games away from the NBA championship. You added Malcolm Brogdon. You added Danilo Gallinari. You really only need maybe a few other, you know, fringe pieces and and health. Those are the two things that maybe you need a little bit of fringe help with depth and then just, just staying healthy. And you have a team that even if you don't make this move, you're ready to compete. So I think at that point for me, like right now we're still in the off season it's nothing is final. Nothing's happened yet. You know, if you were to make this move, you're still kind of starting with a clean slate. Once the season tips off, this team should be focused on one thing and one thing only. And this, you know, the front office should look to just make those small changes, whether that's using remaining TPE, signing bet minimums to ensure that this team can get to its ultimate goal with that health intact. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I'll push back on is, Derek White was one of the few guys in a fortunate enough position to come from a team that play a very similar style of basketball. So it was quite a seamless fit. Durant's a bit different, but I get what you're saying. You know, you, he'll pick it up quick enough. It's a long season. It might be a 10-game learning stretch, and then you, you're kind of there. And we've seen him assimilate when he when he went to the Warriors, right? Like he didn't yeah. play that style of basketball in Oklahoma City. He was it was basically him and Russell Westbrook. Your turn, my turn. A lot of pick and roll. He had the ball in his hands in Golden State. He did a little bit of that, but also he played a lot off the ball. He was kind of you know he, it was their their brand of it was a Warrior brand of basketball, where it's running through Steph, Draymond, and and of course KD got his turns and looks in there, but it was a very different style from what he was coming from. 
Yeah, and he, and he excelled in there. So um, yeah. because it's Kevin Durant, you're going to make it work. But yeah, from the from the distraction standpoint, from the personality fit, from the fact that I want Jason Tatum with the ball in his hands down the stretch because mm-hmm. I want to see him continue to develop. Like I'm invested in I'm invested in Jason Tatum becoming a superstar. I am not invested in Kevin Durant, but in the yeah. slightest. You know what I mean? I'm invested in Jalen Brown winning the championship in Boston. And he, now. Any issue for you, Adam, with with JT and KD working out together? I know. I mean, I, no. I think I know what your answer is, but I but but you you see what I see on social media, right? Where people sometimes blow it up and blow it out of proportion. Um, but I was just curious to get your thoughts on that. I mean, there's guys in there's guys like in every walk of life that I don't get along with. If I see you're at the bar with them, like, okay, cool. I, I don't don't mean like, you have to not like them. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't control that. Like that, that's not in my control. Just because you're with them, don't mean you 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 got an issue with me. So I'm just like, nah, man. Like you're training with you're training with KD. You're meant to train with people better than you. That's how mm-hmm. you improve. You know what I mean? It's 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 the law of the land. You start off bad. You play with people that are good. You get better than the good people. You play with people that are very good. Then great. Then very good, then like yeah. fantastic, excellent star, superstar. There's not many people JT can train with at this point that Better are genuinely better than him mm-hmm. that can help him raise his bar. So, you know, he has to seek them out. And unfortunately, all of those guys are stars on other teams. Yeah. And, so, and it's so common for, you know, NBA players to in the offseason to train with with guys from other teams that, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think anyone else should should look too much into it. I don't think it's a slight to Jalen Brown. I don't think it's anything, you know, going to read into it more. I think they were literally just in the same place at the same time looking to train. And so they worked out together because iron sharpens iron. Right. And those are two guys that are two of the top 10 players in the league. You know, they played on team USA. They have a history. They have a relationship, nothing more than that. But, you know, I, I know of course people will, will dig in and, and overanalyze on, uh, on the interweb. So figured, figured I'd bring it up here for us to, to kind of put those to bed. Offseason content, bro. Exactly. It's it's dry. We just spent what thirty five minutes talking about games that we have no idea <laughs> about what's going to happen. Like the schedule drop's been the biggest thing to happen in about three weeks to a month. So that that tells you all you need right there. I mean, we do know now what games we're trying to get to. Exactly. Exactly. People know Ka- we both kayak's go busy Miami. right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. I, I really wish I had air miles. I wish air miles was a thing. <laughs> yeah that was that was interesting to find out that that's not a thing over there yeah that's big over here i just i just rented a car with my miles the other day so very glad to have those available was it a mustang it was not i don't know it was the it, it's an un, nondescript suv is what i is what i've rented so it's just a big thing yeah it's just gonna be like a mid-sized suv is is basically what it is so it's for, for a little wedding trip that i have in about a month or so yeah, balling. That's what you're doing. You're balling, bro. Balling. <laughs> balling on them points, baby. Balling, balling. Right then, everybody. You've been listening to the Celtics pod as usual. Please go and leave those five-star reviews. Write something nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, just pretend and write something nice anyway. Most importantly, word of mouth is the best way to keep growing this show. Our numbers have stayed consistent throughout the off-season, so I'm pretty grateful for that. Everybody's still rocking with us, even though we've kind of taking a few extra breaks more than we should, or, you know, there's been vacations. I'm fitting to go. It's well, been slow, uh, man. It's been what slow. Am I? I am 11 days out from my vacation. So there'll be another break coming up. So word of mouth helps a bunch. And if you're wondering what to do with word of mouth, how to spread that good word of Celtics pod, then my boy Will's going to help you out. Grab your cell phone, grab your megaphone, 
grab your microphone, grab anything that ends in phone, text, yell, scream, use your outdoor voice and tell the people to come check out Celtics pod, Celtics blog podcast with your boys, Adam, Will, and Greg. Deuces. Ain't disrespecting you haters, I ain't sweating your opinion Y'all been testing my patience, never did it for a check I've been impressed with the famous, just rather be creative Than stressing my wages, ageless Every time I lay a verse down One play at a time, keep it moving like a first down And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this MJ never made it to the majors Still, he chased greatness, expected that he might fail And I might too, I might never get to pop champagne Celebrating with the crew, this ain't everything I am It's something that I do